Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, glad you guys are here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going through the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians, now the entire Bible is authored by God, written down by man, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, it was written over some 1,500-year span of time, written by some 40 different authors. And Ephesians, very particular, was written to the early church, kind of making known and explaining what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, how am I supposed to act? What, what is this change in my life? And so we've been going through this verse by verse, and as we encounter a subject, we dive into it and just, just get to the other side of it. So we, Ephesians chapter 6 starts in talking to parents and children. Oh, and by the way, so every week I've got a few churches that I attend. Like I come here, but then I get online and I listen to podcasts. Uh, and one of them started last week, just like we did, uh, started a series on kids. If you have children, I, th I thought it was fabulous. Um, I don't know what the next one will be, but the last one was great. So let me just give a plug for that. That was Craig Groeschel and Life Church. Uh, the podcast was from last week, and it was on kids and raising kids and having kids. It was awesome. It was awesome. So I highly recommend that. wanted to make sure I threw that out there for you. With that, Ephesians chapter 6, let's start reading in verse 1. It says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother, and this is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have long life on the earth. Now, that's a big promise. He's like, look, if you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you, and you will have long life on the earth. That's huge. Like, I, I want that. I want that. But look where it starts. It starts at home. It starts at home. And then he says this in verse, as we continue to go in verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, it, it guides, it instructs, and it teaches. God, we open up our hearts to receive from you. Thank you for what you're doing in and through us. In Jesus' name. And all together we say, amen. amen, amen. Well, last week we jumped in. We started talking about raising kids and really just kind of getting through that, that, that first phase, that keep them alive phase where they, they, you really do, you have to keep them alive. And honestly, you know, my youngest now is seven. And so I thought I was completely out of the keep them alive stage, but it was like a year and a half ago that we had just put a banister up on our, our deck. And so the banister is probably about as high as this. And one of my kids is sitting on the banister. And I walk by, and one of my kids goes, catch me, and just was sitting on the banister and just throws themselves over. And I'm like, oh my, as I run, and I, like, I kind of like catch, drop them to the ground. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she looks at me. So you know it's one of the girls now. But anyways, like she... She looks at me and she goes, oh, I knew you'd catch me. And I'm like, yeah, but don't. Like, like, like please just, just don't. 
But when you're little, you know, you're keeping them alive. And, and say you do. You keep them alive. And that's, that's a joke. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't funny. But then the next thing you get to is sponges. And here's why I call it the sponges, because these little kids, they just absorb everything. They just absorb, and they listen, and they see you do something, and they want to do it. Um, I love working in nursery. Nursery is one of my favorite things. If I wasn't up here preaching, I'd be back in nursery, okay? I absolutely love it because kids are a riot, and I love talking to them, and they tell them. <laughs> like, they just, you're just like, hi, how are you today? And little Johnny comes in. Johnny's like, I'm good, but dad's not. He called my mom. And you're like, whoa, 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 not in here. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. I mean, it's just, they are, I love little kids. They're fun. But here's what they are is they are sponges. And I think this can be one of the seasons as they're getting a little bit older where they, one is they want to be around you. And, I'm, and it's one of my favorite times because dad opens up the door and the kids are just like, dad, and they run over and they grab your leg and they're so excited that you're here. Like, dad, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. They want you to judge everything. Dad, look what I did. I did this. I can do this. Look what I can do. I can jump on this foot. I can stand. I mean, they just want you involved in everything. But here's what they're doing. They are soaking up everything. It was Aristotle that said it, and many have echoed it since then, but he said this. He says, give me a child till he is seven, and I will show you the man. And I think it can be really easy to overlook some of the, these, these younger kids. Part of it is because they want to be around us so much, and it takes so little energy on our part to engage them, that we don't have to work very hard for it. But I just, don't underestimate the impact that you can have on a child's life. You know, right, right now back in kids, it's not, it's not babysitting. They're ministering. Aunts, uncles, grandmas, godparents, moms, dad, do not underestimate the power of the seeds that you can sow in someone's life. Samuel's a great story of this. You know, Samuel in the Bible he, his, his mother prayed because she, she couldn't have babies. She wasn't having, she prays. And she says, God, if you give me a child, I will give him to you. Now, we do not do this, but here's what she did. She had the baby, and then when he, he grew up and he was weaned, he brought, she, she brought her son, his name was Samuel, to Eli the priest and said, here, keep him. He's yours. Like she literally gave him to the Lord. Again, we don't do that. After service, pick up your kids, please. Okay? Okay, pick them up. And Samuel was literally raised by Eli the priest in the service of the Lord. Well, something very interesting happens. And that's this, that years later, when Eli is no longer he has to step down as being priest. They come to him, and, and the leaders of Israel, they come to him, they say, hey, look, your sons do not follow the Lord. Samuel was raised by Eli from the time he was weaned somewhere. We do not know exactly when. We're guessing it's somewhere around, somewhere between five and eight years old, that he was brought to Eli and was raised by Eli. Samuel was raised by Eli just like Eli's sons were, except the early years. Samuel followed the Lord while Eli's sons did not. 
And I think that speaks so loudly to those, those early years that you get to have as parents. If you're an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, a grandma, of even just the opportunity. And I, th I think we can think they're going to be so much more fun when they get older. And truth is, they are. But they're so much fun right now, too. I do believe it just gets better and better. I think every phase that I'm at right now with every one of my kids is my favorite. And I, I love it. I've got a 16, a 15, a 13, an 11, and a 7. Yeah, I got it right. Come on. And I love all of it. It just gets more and more fun. But do not underestimate the impact that you can have in a young person's life. I'll say it again. Aristotle said, give me a child. Give me a man until he is seven, a boy until he is seven. And he says, and I will show you the man. And when I, when I think about that, I just think, well, no wonder there is such an attack in schools and such a push to get junk, I don't know how else you put it, into small children's hands. Because, man, it can take seed. And they are so impactful. Do not underestimate. Do not underestimate the time that we're going to have, that you have with kids. What I quickly want to do here is I want to give you three things that every child needs in their life. Three things that every child needs. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Jesus has just been baptized and he's coming back up out of the water. And it says this, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Every child is different. But I believe, that these are, I believe that there's three key things found in that verse that every child needs to know and hear. So number one, what did God say to Jesus, his son? He said, this is my son. Every child needs to know that they belong. Everyone, you are mine. Now, now there's, there's blended families and things can get complicated. Remember this, Jesus was raised by a stepdad. But every child needs to know, you, this is where you belong. He says, look, you are my son. In him, in whom I love, depending on your translation, they need to know that they are loved. You've probably heard this before, but very often, how is it that we spell love? We spell love T-I-M-E. If you have kids, you want to know what they take? T-I-M-E and M-O-N-E-Y. Like, that is what they do. Like, they get involved, it's going to take more time, and it's going to be more expensive. Like, it's, it's just the way it is. Anything they help do, like, it, it just takes longer. My kids help me work on the car. I'm still missing my number 20 millimeter socket. I have no idea where I went. But Avery had it, and it's gone. It's just, it's just there, there you go. It takes longer. Kids get, I want to help. Yes, you're going to be a big help. It, it just slows things down. But what do they need to know? They need to know that they are loved. And then number three, number three, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. He says, he's my son. I love him and I delight in him. He brings me joy. You are a joy and you are a delight in my life. Do you bring some headaches? Yes. Do you bring other issues and expenses to the family? Yes. And it is my honor as your dad to get to pay for those. Yes, we'll deal with this. Yes, we will do that. 
I said those three things, and now what I want to talk about is the fact that every child is different. They are different, they're 100% different, and they need to be treated different. You know, you have one kid, and, and this one is, um, they're super insecure. They're super insecure, and they're kind of just unsure of a lot of things. And then, and then you've got another one, and, and the other one is just completely different. Uh, insecure is definitely not a problem. If anything, it's maybe a little bit on the pride side. They're very secure. They're very outgoing, and they, they just need different things from you. As kids get bigger, one of the questions that we really need to ask ourselves as parents is, as, as a father, I ask, what does this child need me to be? What kind of a dad do I need to be to this one? I've got five, so I have to ask myself that fought for five different ones. Like, what does this one need? Because they're all going to need something different. So let me just say, it is okay to treat your kids different because they're different. They're not the same. And you will more than likely hear, but that's not fair. And when they say that's not fair, your answer is, you're right. But neither's life, and it's, it's not meant to be fair. It's not meant to be fair. So let me, let me just give you a couple examples. One child might to go to bed a little bit earlier than another. Why? Because one doesn't go to bed when you put them to bed. The other one goes straight to bed. I don't know if you ever put a small child to bed. Sometimes, what is it like? It's like putting them to bed is you have to fight them like you're killing them, like you're murdering them every time you put them to bed. That's what they fight. They're just like, no, don't do this, and they will not go to bed, and you're like, you're not going to die. You're going to close your eyes, and I'll be here tomorrow, and they're like, no, and you just can't. Like, so it changes. You don't have the same bedtime because you don't go to bed. Like, that's why. Well, this person's more responsible, so they're going to have some more freedoms. I think it, many of our sports and school systems operate on when you turn a specific age you get this and you change and now you're in this grade and you can do this. But the truth is, growing a day older, does it make us any smarter? No. Does it make us any more responsible? No. So there might be some things that like one child gets at one age, but the next one you're like, you're not ready. Or they weren't ready and we didn't know it, so you're definitely not ready. It's not going to be the same and that's okay. So your parents are like, okay, good. Some of you kids are like, oh, that's where this is coming. Yes, we're going to treat you guys differently, and that is okay. We see this in the scripture. This is okay. It's not going to be the exact same. Now, I'm not talking about favorites. I'm not talking about favorites. We don't want to have favorites, but we're not going to treat people the same. Um, the first brothers, Cain and Abel. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, they had other kids, but the first two, what do we see? We see Cain and Abel. And the Bible tells us that each of them brought an offering to God. One brought the fat portions of the firstborn, while the other brought some of the produce of the land. One brought the first and the best, and the other brought some of something. God accepted one and rejected the other. And it says this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why, why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. He's like, look, 
Because here's the deal. We're not talking about favorites. If you have a favorite, there's going to be a problem. You want the, the illustration of that and the story of that? Look at Joseph and his brothers. They hated him because he was dad's favorite. Dad was playing favorite. It does not work. It's not good. What he's talking about here is he says, look, if you do what is right, was it about to go? Does that make you nervous? How's that? Is that... If you do what is right, he says, look, you will be accepted. It's not a matter of favorites. It's a matter of behavior. One child's more responsible. So yes, you can have a phone. It's completely locked down. You can barely do anything with it. But congratulations, here it is. And the other one says, okay, now do I? We, we had this. We gave Avery a phone when she was 16. Yes, it, it, it's locked down. I told her, here it is. And she already knew this. You know, our kids, uh, they got iPads. We, we home educate. And my in-laws love them to death. They're like, hey, to help with that, how would, it, would an iPad for the kids when they start school help? And we're like, yes. So the kids were getting iPads from the in-laws when they started school, and we put school on them. Well, right away, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to restrict this, and we're not going to be able to do that, and you can't use this, and you can't do that. And so we shut it all down. And then, then as they got a little bit older, like, okay, well, now you, can, you probably want some email, so I'll let you have some email, but I'll set up the email, and I, get the, I have the passwords. They don't even know the passwords to their emails. And they get a little bit older, and like, okay, you're going to start texting, but just so you know, I get all these texts too, so make sure your friends know that. And so they tell them, they're like, hey, by the way, my dad can see any pictures you send us, and like, like he gets all of that too. And that's all in there, and, and they know it. But Avery gets this when she turns 16, and then Molly, Molly goes, well, do I get one when I turn 16? And I go, I don't know. Because it's not about you turning an age, it's are you mature and are you ready? If you're ready before then, and we feel like spending that much money, then maybe you'll be before then. Like, I, I don't know. It's okay to treat your kids different. Because one is more responsible, one is more receptive, and, and we don't want to have favorites, but then we just need to explain, well, they're responsible, and so they get some freedoms that you don't have. We have this when we talk about bedtimes in our house and why one gets to stay up and one doesn't, one gets to do this, and one gets that, and it's like, well, they go to bed when we ask. It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. Next thing I want to want to bring up when it comes to parenting is this. You know, we put all this time and all this energy into these kids, and we love them so much, but remember this. Your little angel can make mistakes, okay? Um, know that. Your little angel can make mistakes. It says in Proverbs 16, verse 15, it says, fools believe every word they hear, but wise people think carefully about everything. Um, as parents, what we do and what we're meant to do is we believe the best. In fact, it says in Corinthians that love always hopes. It's, it's literally, it always believes the best. And as parents, that's what we want to do. But yet at the same time, we need to realize our kids are probably going to make some mistakes. They're probably going to make some mistakes. And if we understand that, then we'll put up some, some, some barriers to hopefully help them not make mistakes. Some of those really big mistakes. Uh, years ago, about 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, we were doing youth over at Res Life in Granville, and we took a bunch of kids to a youth conference. It was a, a choir of the fire. We took about, I want to say somewhere between three and 400 kids. So 
we're, we're checking kids in and we're getting ready and we'd rented like 27, 15 passenger vans and the kids are coming in and we got check-ins and they're all getting with this chaperone and you get over here and these, the buses and van, vans are all leaving and, and we go and we leave on a Friday. Uh, it's a Friday night. We're there all day Saturday, Saturday night, and then we come back on Sunday. So we get back, we go and we leave and we come back and it was great. And shortly thereafter, um, I'm walking through the office, and Vicki, who was the, the, the youth secretary at the time, says, hey, Samuel. I go, yeah. She goes, I got a letter I want you to read. I'm like, okay. She goes, what's this? And, and I grab this letter, and it's from a parent. And then sometimes you get parents, parent letters in youth, and you're like, oh, no, what's this going to be? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll read this. And I'm trying to think in my mind, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, I, don't, I can't think of anything that I did. Like, what did I get caught? I don't know, I don't know. So I start reading, and it's something along the lines of this, like, hey, thank you so much for all the time and effort that it took to do this. And, and my son went on the trip, and it was just so great. And he's, he's, he's a different man now that he's back, and we're so thankful that he, that he was able to go. He said his favorite part was when Pastor Scott sang and played the guitar. Thank you so much, sign. No, 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 and Vicki looks at me and she goes, did Scott play the guitar and sing? And I go, no. She goes, but that was his favorite part. <laughs> and we're like, huh. So we sit down and we're going through the registration. We're like, oh, yep, here he is. He's all paid up, um, signed up, but he didn't show up. And we're like, that's interesting. So Vicky's like, well, there's a phone number here. So she gets on the phone. I'm like, I'm sitting down for this one. So I just, just going to sit down and like, well, let's, let's see what's going on. So she sits down. She calls and mom answers and says, hey, we got your letter. Thank you so very much for the letter. Um, there's something kind of interesting going on, though, however. Uh, it kind of piqued our interest because your son said that his favorite part was the guitar and singing by Pastor Scott. He didn't do that. The lady's like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, not only that, but I went and I checked our records, and he never checked in for the trip. And the lady on the phone goes, oh, yes, he did. I know he did. I dropped him and his girlfriend off on Friday, and I picked him up on Sunday. And we're like, wherever he, he they, they were not with us. And she's like, thank you very much. And then she went to go have another conversation. Um, trust, I say that all to say this. We want to trust our kids, but trust and verify. Like, I give you permission to be that parent that checks up on your kids, that makes sure they are where they say that they are. Like, they're going to be at a theater? Go to the theater. I, I'm going to be that. I am that dad. I'll go to the theater. I'll buy the ticket to make sure you're seeing the movie that you said you would see. And if your kids are like, well, don't you trust me? No. No, I do not. No. And I want it to be hard for you to make a mistake. I want, to, I want you to know you're going to get caught. So just do the right thing. It's not a matter of I don't like you. It's a matter of I want it to be hard for you to make a mistake. You, you fall in a mud puddle, you get back up, you wash off. That's not a big deal. But you sit down and you watch some of the movies and you see what's on there and the horror and the things and the stuff. You, you can't soap your mind. There's things I remember seeing as a kid walking into some, a friend's house and the, 
I can't unsee. You can't unsee that stuff. So go to the movie that you said you'd be at, and I'll show up, and I might just find you, and we're good. Like, you'll know. I want my kids to be out goofing off and playing and mountain biking with friends and stuff. And, they, you know, their friends say something, and they'd be like, well, my dad might be here. And like, where? Behind that tree? I don't know. Like, I, he might be here. Like, I've got my phone. I know he's tracking me, which I am. We gave him a phone. I'm like, I can see everything. I can track you. This is more for me than you, but here you go. Like, uh, I just, they just, the thing that they don't know is how hacked the phone is. Like, that's the only question. They know it is. I'm the one paying for it. They know it is, but I don't want it to be easy. But when we assume, I love it, trust but verify. It's okay to ask, to be in your kid's business. Well, but I need privacy. No, you don't. If you're a boy, you don't need any privacy from me. You are my son. If you are a girl, you don't need any privacy from your mother. You get none whatsoever. Like, that's just all there is to it. If there's passwords, I want them. That's if, if you have access to any of that stuff, like maybe Facebook and Instagram and all that trash. Because really, this is, all it is is comparison. It, 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 it's not a good thing. All my friends are on it. So what? It does not matter. All my friends are not. So we're not doing it because everybody else does. We do things differently. We do things differently. I remember my kids coming home and the girls are like, our friends can watch so much more stuff than we can. And I'm like, okay. They're like, does that mean we can watch more? I go, no. They go, why can't we watch this? And I go, because they have a bad attitude. If there's a brat in a show and they don't in that same show reap the consequences of their brattiness, you're not watching it. You're not going to be like, oh, that was funny. I'll do that. No, you will not. <laughs> like, we don't need to be watching that. You don't need ideas on how to be bratty. You just don't. It's okay to be involved. It's okay to be like, no, I want to know what's going on. And again, it's not to control everything that they're going to do, but to make it hard for them to make a big mistake that they can't undo. And not only that, but the next thing is make sure that your kids know that if you do make a mistake and you end up at a place that you should, maybe you got a ride, or you just find yourself and it's like you're uncomfortable, you're at a friend's house and we thought it was okay and we dropped you up, whatever it might be, you call us anytime, from anywhere, any time of day, dad's coming. I will come and get you. I don't care what it is. If you're just uncomfortable for whatever reason, I'll come get you. If you're on a date, I'll come get you. I'd love to come get you. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever it is. We want it. We want them to fail small. It's okay to make... Now, here's what I did not say. I did not say take away the consequences of their actions. That's totally different. But what we want to do is if you're going to make a mistake, let's make it small. You'll pay the price, but then you'll learn from it. Now, there's so many things in technology. Um, if your kids have a phone, I hope it's locked down. 
Uh, if your kids are more tech, your four-year-old's more tech-savvy than you, then you just sit down with somebody, buy a program that can lock it down, change it, figure it out, buy the lockdown version, change it. Everybody else has this real fancy phone. Why does mine only make phone calls? Because that's all I want you to be able to do. And then just be careful. Because everything connects to the internet. Refrigerators connect to the internet. And you're like, really? Can they get in trouble on a refrigerator? Yes. Yes, you can. Um, you, you know this. The internet into your house can be the equivalent of a 20-foot sewage pipe going right into your house. It can be. So we have to work to make it not that way. And again, everybody's going to have to make a decision at some point. You can't, you can't control absolutely everything, but I give you permission to be the parent. It's like, I'm going to make it hard for you to make the wrong choice. Because there's evil people out there that do things that try to get kids. I think that they, they did shut it down now, so I'll even mention it. But I, there, there was a time where a specific a adult site purposely named one of their sites a derivative of a wrongly spelled NASA.com because that was a place, you know it, that kids would go to NASA for school and they'd end up seeing things that they shouldn't be seeing. And you're like, really? Yes! So be careful. It's okay to be in their business. Our kids are our business. No matter what it is, all of it, um, it, it takes time. It takes time to figure out what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? If you're going to give him a phone, make sure that you know. I talked with one lady, this is a while back now, and she's like, we gave our kid a phone and it wasn't, we didn't do the big and the data and all of this plan and it was, we thought it was restricted and, and, and it was great. And we thought so until we got a $500 bill for one month because we didn't realize that it was like, we thought it was no data, but it was just we didn't pay for the data. And then he got on there and started using data and looking at stuff that we didn't think he was going to be doing, and, and now we found it, and can you meet with him? And I know it's work. I know it's not easy. Um, but if you're a parent, get on there. Do what you can. Let them know. Be involved in it. And the last thing I think I'm going to have time to get to is this one. It is okay to make your kids do things that they do not want to do. Proverbs 22.6, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are old, they will not leave it. It says, direct your kids. Give them direction. Uh, Bo is seven years old. He hates taking showers, but I make him take showers. I'm like, dude, get in there. No, I don't want to. Dad, I was playing. I was doing this. He hates taking showers until he gets in the shower. And then he gets in the shower and he starts singing. And he'll just be in there forever. And I'm like, dude, can we just get that attitude before? Because why do you fight? I don't, I don't understand. Um, but we make our kids do all kinds of things in life that they do not want to do. We make, them, we make them brush their teeth. We make them get dressed. It's like, you can't live in your underwear. Put clothes on. And they're like, oh, my. And they get dressed. I don't know if your kids are like mine. My kids dress reverse. Here's what I mean. When it's summer, they want to wear winter clothes. And when it's winter, they want to wear shorts. It's so weird. They want to run around. You're like, that doesn't work. You cannot wear nothing but shorts. This is not swim weather. It's 22 degrees outside. But they want to go get the mail in a swimsuit. And you're like, well, fine. Go freeze. But they would. They really would. And our driveway's too long to let them do that nowadays. But anyways, 
There's so many things that we make our kids do. You're going to go to school. You're going to get up. You're going to go here. You're going to eat this because it's good for you. Um, Take the time to make them do. It is okay to make your kids go to church. But I want it to to be their decision. I understand that. I think that's a wonderful place to be. But there's something I want to I want to read to you. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Everybody say one. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Okay, now we're gonna skip to verse 7. Everybody say seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So verse 7 says. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. You can say it this way. Samuel had not yet made Jesus the Lord of his life. You can say it this way. Samuel was not yet a Christ follower. He was not a Christian. That's verse 7. Let's go back to verse 1 and read it again. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Samuel ministered before the Lord before he even knew the Lord. It was under Eli. We talked about it earlier that Eli was raising him. He was just following what he saw Eli doing. And he was ministering before the Lord before he ever came to the point where he made a decision to make him Lord. My prayer Is it my kids, your kids, our kids back there? All of them. That they'd see you. They'd see you reading your Bibles. They'd see you praying. They'd see you praying for each other, laying hands on each other. They'd see you coming to church and serving. And that before they ever make the choice to serve God, it would just be the habit that they have that they would just fall into it, that they'd be ministering before the Lord. This doesn't fit the music, but I've got to tell the story. So, (laughs) pause it for just a second. So we were at a friend's house. (laughs) We were at a friend's house. And the kids were upstairs. Um, They were in a hot tub. And they're all playing around. And then um. The kids run back downstairs, and one of, one of the, my, our friend's kids, he's a younger kid, um, I'm trying to remember how old uh, Avery and Molly were. They're like 9, 10, something around there, I'm thinking. And one of, the, one of our friend's younger sons comes running downstairs, and he goes, Mom, Dad, I just got baptized, and then just walked out the door and ran back upstairs. And, and this couple just looks at me, and they go, what? Did he get baptized? I'm like, I'm here with you. I don't know. I have no idea. So then a little bit later, one of the other kids come down and go, hey, what, what's going on? Are you guys baptizing up there? Like, what's up? And they're like, well, we were in the hot tub and we're all like dunking each other. And then all of a sudden, one of the kids was like, I baptize you. And then the other kid's like, well, I want to get baptized. And so Avery went like, okay, well, then who's your Lord and Savior? And he went, Jesus Christ. And then Avery went, well, then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and just pushed him under. <laughs> and the parent was like, looked at me and goes, was that legit? And I'm like, mm, that's how you do it. Like, that's, that's how you do it. 
Okay, now we can bring the music back. <laughs> the thing I love about that story is they're just doing what they see mom and dad do. They're doing just what they've seen done over and over and over. And it makes me think of Samuel here, that he was ministering before the Lord. I pray that your home would be a place that you're ministering to your wife and, and you're together you guys minister to each other, that you're ministering to the kids, but that the kids look and they see and they're like, this is how it's supposed to be. That when we have issues, we go to God first. There's so many things that are important, but you know what we have prioritized in this home? We prioritize God and the things of the kingdom and we go to church. There's so many things pulling on time and attention and your education and you should do this. And it's okay to make your kids go to youth group. I don't like it. Okay, go. You go to the school you don't like, you go to this that you don't like, go. It's okay. The thing that they should see, the thing that I hope that they see is we prioritize the things of God. School's going on. I, I can't go today. I can't go to church. I can't, I got, I've got too much homework. No. No, we're going to church. Let them get a D or an E. Am I more concerned that my son or daughter graduates with a four-point this or that or that they live a life sold out to God? That the seeds get sown in their life now that I want them to reap in years to come. Prioritize the things of God. What's optional in your house? Is it the things of God that are optional that get pushed to the side when things get tight and time gets crunched? Or is it like, no, wait. We're going to miss that game. We're going to miss the start of this. We're going to do that. Why? Because we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says he'll take care of everything else. So we're going to, as a family, this is what we do. As I was studying for this message and just, just thinking about the kids and parenting and praying for you guys and your kids, I just started to think about our Heavenly Father. And how he sent his son to be the sacrifice for you and me. See, God sent Jesus knowing that Jesus was going to suffer and die. How much he, God must love you and I to sit in heaven and watch his son be whipped, tortured. Because it's a dad. Oh, that thing just jumps up in me of I'll do anything for my kids. But God didn't. Because he loved you so much. He said this was going to make a way. He made a way where there was no way. He let it happen to his son because he knew 
he did nothing wrong. And by doing this, he's going to destroy death, sin, and the devil. Paul says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. What joy? I believe the joy was the fact that he knew that he was going to win. That the devil had nothing on him. That he was going to pave the way for me and for you. That was the joy set before him. How much your heavenly father must love you to allow his son to endure what he did so that you could be free. He did all of that so that all that you and I have to do is accept it. Because the mess that we make in our lives, we can't undo it. The mistakes, the sin, the guilt, we can't get rid of it. There's no amount of good that will undo it. So God sent his son to make a way where there was no way. And all you have to do is accept it. Say, God, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. And I want to begin to live out the plan and purpose that you have for me. Would everybody, would you just bow your heads? Would everybody close their eyes? Our Heavenly Father, He loves you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says He has a plan and a purpose. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And no matter where you are, no matter how far you've gone, you're one step from forgiveness. The day is coming when either Jesus is coming back or every one of us, one day we will close our eyes to never open them again. But you can know that you're forgiven, that you're set free, and begin to live out the plan and purpose that God has for you. And it begins with a relationship with him, asking him to set you free. If that's you, if you say, today's the day I want to give him my life. Today's the day I'm coming back. I'm going to give him all of me. I'd love the honor of praying with you. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand up. And you're saying, God, I want to be set free. I want to be forgiven. Thank you for what you did for me. If that's you, one, get ready, one, all the way, one, two, three, right now, say, that's me. Thank you, thank you. Who else? Lift it up high. Say, say, include me. Include me. Okay. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'd like everybody to repeat after me, those that lifted your hands. As you say these words, you make them your own. Let's all pray this out loud. Everybody say, Jesus. Forgive me and make me new. I believe you came, that you died. You shed your blood for me. From now on, I'm yours. Devil, you lost me. And Lord, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. From now on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.